We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Approaching this, necessarily, but but Halloween is approaching, All and Hallows huh? All Hallows Eve. All Hallows Eve, or I've never really quite understood <laughs> Halloween to be honest, but. But the, the church tries to use it to bring about I remember, some kind yes, of a celebration. I remember we used to have fall festivals, and we would watch Pilgrim's Progress. Oh. Over, and it was, uh, I always enjoyed that. Yeah, well, many congregations do different kinds of things. Uh, that I mean, they, they want to celebrate and allow the children to celebrate and go thing. trick-or-treating and get their candy, <laughs> I guess. Don't want them to miss out on that. But um, anyway, we, I, John, that's a, that's, that's a good little piece of uh, introductory <laughs> music there because we are coming. Can you believe it, Stacey? We're coming to the end of our tw- 22nd year of reading through the Bible every year. Mm-hmm. And we are in our last week's. Um, this past week was the 50th week. There are 52 weeks in a year, mm-hmm. five, uh, five readings each week. And so it's um, 52 times 5 is 260. <laughs> and so two, uh, we, we finished 250 last week. Now we have uh, the last two readings are coming up. The next one uh, will end uh, this coming week, and we'll finish... Um, we're reading the small books at the end of the Tanakh, at the end of the Hebrew Scriptures, the smaller uh, prophets, not less important by any means, but they're smaller works. They generally either ministered shorter period of time or that their particular, the, the works, the record of, that we have of their teaching and their preaching, their messages, uh, are shorter. And so we're going to we'll pick up on them now, starting with uh, Hosea. Uh, Joel, Joel, Amos, Amos. Obadiah, Micah, mm, Mm -hmm. I think. 
So we're, I think five books we're going to look at tonight. So, so we are really quickly going to have to, um, we're actually going to have to move along, aren't we? That's hard for <laughs> not, us to do. Not it's not my <laughs> strong point. You're better at it than I am. Uh, Stacy, my daughter Stacy, is alongside, and we are enjoying going through the scriptures with you for this 22nd time. And then on November the 7th, Monday, November the 7th, we will start Let's all over it. again. Genesis 1-1 in the beginning. In the beginning, <laughs> God created the heavens, and, and we'll start our 23rd time through the scriptures. I hope you might consider joining us this year. Uh, every week, five 15 to 20 minute readings from the scriptures, and we make our way through the entire Bible every year. You can go to our website, thebiblelive.com, to, to hear those readings. Uh, I'll read those to you from the New Living Translation, the flawless, perfect, beautiful reading, <laughs> thanks to the miracle of editing. <laughs> and um, so you'll get a good, clear reading of the scriptures. And then on Sunday nights, we get a chance to review the passages we read the prior week. So this, tonight we'll be reviewing uh, the readings, uh, the books of Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, and Micah. And Jonah and Micah. Jo- Jonah? Jonah. Oh, good. Jonah's in this. That's right. I, I was, my last question I was going to ask you in there was about Jonah. And, and uh, I'm kind of curious... Um, I, I've forgotten the details, Stace. Maybe you can be looking this up or something. Uh, if you, uh, I've forgotten what was the date okay. of, of Jonah, and it was uh, it was a hundred years later, though, that they were destroyed by the Medo Persians. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to kind of get the historical setting of of uh, of Jonah and. Uh, Okay. In the, in the in the in the whole story of Nineveh, it's one of the great one of the eight great revivals of the Old Testament, is what happened in Nineveh. The mm-hmm. whole yeah. the whole city of Nineveh, the entire city repented in sackcloth and ashes, from the king down to the least of the people, and it, it, it's it's a fascinating thing that. And, and of course, Jonah didn't want that to happen. He he was afraid that was going to happen because he knew that uh, Nineveh, uh, the Assyrians, which was the capital of Assyria, that they were going to um, be used of God to judge uh, Israel in their in their wickedness, in their corruption, and their unbelief. And so he didn't want. That's why he ran away. He didn't. He didn't really want them. And he he gets mad at God because he said, "I know you. I knew you're going to do that. <laughs> you're going to forget. You're them. so gracious and loving and good. Uh, you know. Well, we'll get to that. But let's. Uh, we're going to start with Hosea and uh, start our consideration, and allow you. We invite you to uh, join us in these readings each and every week. And go through the scriptures with us this coming year. Maybe you've wanted to read through or listen to the entire Bible for a long time, and that's been some, a purpose you wanted, a goal that you wanted to carry out. Well, join with us. We'll go through it together, and uh, you can uh, experience the scriptures with us. And then on Sunday nights, we can discuss them together. If you'd like to join us, our phone number is 210-340-9585. 210 is the area code. Three four zero nine five eight five, and so we have our uh, ears open and our eyes fixed on the little red, uh, little red button, the phone system here. If you call in, we'll pick it up. We'll get a chance to visit with you, hear your comment, your thoughts. 
your questions and also your answers. We've got uh, some questions here that we will be asking uh, from these different books, and we have some great prizes for you. I have one, our, our, our very special prize this evening is the Warriors Study, the Warfighters Study Bible from uh, the American Bible Society. It's for the Armed Services Ministries. And, but it's just a wonderful, very well done study Bible with maps and with the commentaries and with the cross references. A great study Bible, and uh, we're going to prize that to someone. We'll we'll be announcing. We have to ask a good hard question for someone to win that. But 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 we have also a number a series of books called God Understands that we've been prize, giving out as prizes and rewards to our callers who call in and just become part of the program. So I have a, a, a set of these seven small booklets uh, that talk about the scriptures. Uh, when you feel life is meaningless and without purpose, it gives you a number of scriptures that can speak to our situation and to our lives in that moment. When you feel angry, there are scriptures that speak to anger and instruct us and guide us. And um, when you feel life is unfair, when you fear death, when you feel overwhelmed with guilt, uh, maybe you have despair, hopelessness, or uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, de- experience depression. Uh, when you have doubts, uh, these are passages of scriptures for each of these situations and uh, for times of grief and so on that you can find those scriptures. They're great for any any believer to know these scriptures and, and have them at hand, not only for their own application, but you may find them really helpful if you are counseling members of your family or, or other friends and neighbors and other believers that you know and care about and love. You may be able to find these passages very helpful to you to minister to them and to help uh, bring peace and, and, and hope encouragement into their lives. So the the series of books is called God Understands, and we, we're going to give away, uh, probably we'll make them possible if you'd like to call in and be a part of the show. Uh, we'll, we'll probably say anyone that calls in, even if you don't get the answer to the question <laughs> right, which we're pretty good at helping people, aren't we? I mean, yes. we... We kind of want to give you these prizes. We want you to, <laughs> to enjoy calling in, and we all want to learn from the experiences. So uh, we'll, we'll offer that to all of our listeners but then, uh, and who call in. But we'll, we'll reserve that Bible. Let's, give that, let's figure out a really good question we're going to ask that's going to um, let people, somebody win that, that study Bible. All right. We're ready to start, I think, with Hosea and Bruce Scriptures, the Old Testament. Um, we also read Psalms one twenty nine through one thirty five, so we're coming toward the end of uh the Psalms as well. Um and, oh and by the way, we're gonna finish up these books and then the week after Halloween, on that Monday, we're there'll be a last week of this year, we're gonna cover the book of Revelation. Yes. That's why I started to talk about John's um, choosing that song, uh, that <laughs> eerie sort of Halloween music was a little prophetic in that we are going to, we're going to let the Bible instruct us about the the real, the genuine spiritual realm, the spiritual forces at work. And uh, we do that uh, as we look into the book of the Revelation, the last book of the New Testament 
last book of the Bible. And then the next week we'll start all over again, our 23rd time through the scriptures. So let's go to Hosea. I keep saying that. Well, let's, let's do it. Uh, what does Hosea's name mean? Would you like to give us a call and tell us what is the meaning of the word, the name Hosea? We'd love to hear from you if you'd like to call in and tell us the name of that. You can find the, no, you can't find the answer in the past, in the book itself. This is one you'd have to know from Google or from your pastor or someone, yeah. uh, if you have a good study Bible, perhaps. So what, was, what does the name Hosea mean? And the reason that's kind of important is because Hosea is a very graphic presentation and a very graphic demonstration of what, of, of what the, the gospel is. Yeah. Um, you know God's love and so on because uh, and maybe you want to tell a little bit the story of Hosea this is this is how you can remember the book of Hosea it's not it's not every verse of the book of the book has to do with this but it's kind of the central kind of storyline that served as the the primary example for sure. for Hosea's teachings oh, tell us about him yeah well it's fascinating cuz you would well, especially because the institution I mean, what God asks him to do, we consider such a sacred thing and it is. Yeah. And, uh, and yet he's asking him to do something so contradictory, something that we would, you know, don't be unequally yoked kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and so it really is uh, interesting, but he, God tells Hosea to marry, um, Gomar who is a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he's just, you know, I guess we don't really know. He loved her. I mean, I, I think he did love her. Um, mm-hmm. And he does obey. He he marries her. And, I mean, it's just heartbreak. I mean, you can imagine it's setting yourself up for failure in a, in a way. And um, But the lesson does, it. I think, is real, um, it's real insight to the heart of God for us. You know, we we think of, um, I mean, in in this case, you know, we we are his people. We're the we're the prostitutes. We're the ones that are constantly fleeing from him. We're constantly searching for our, our meaning, or our happiness, our identity, and things other than who we are covenant and covenant with. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and so that is, you know, we break. And and God, you know, the, the relationship that He has there isn't um, it's it's not a landlord and a tenant relationship. It's not a boss and a, a, a employee relationship. It's not a servant and a it's a it's a marriage. And He chose so that we break. Mm. We don't break. Yeah, we that, don't break the bank. Yeah, we that don't is kind break. of problematic, isn't it? Yeah. Because especially since. Now, I mean, even in our own time, in our own nation and all, we we guard uh, as believers the sanctity of marriage because it's a picture, right. uh, an earthly picture of the covenant relationship that God has with his people. Right, and, and it's so, so much more than a mm-hmm. transactional thing. So mm-hmm. in other words, when we break that trust and that faith, we're not breaking, uh, you know, a... Um, a contract, that mm-hmm. one kind of are, but yeah. we're, we're, but we're, I, I 
know, we we're being the, it we, the same idea of a covenant. We break his heart. I mean, we break uh-huh. his heart. You know, we 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 are hurting. You don't think of us. You don't think of it often as we hurt God, mm-hmm. but we genuinely hurt him. You can and grieve. We, we can grieve, grieve the Holy him. Spirit of God. Yeah, and, he yeah. loves us. He mm-hmm. loves you. <laughs> he doesn't, and he's jealous. He's zealous mm-hmm, for us. Mm-hmm. He desires us right. so greatly. So it's a uh, really sweet, I mean, it's it, it uh-huh. it's very um, it's very sweet. It's a, it shows the heart of God for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Hosea, uh, he, that storyline is kind of the, the beginning storyline. It paints the picture of God's love for us, mm-hmm. his pursuing love, his consistent love, his uh, loyal love. Uh, it, it's all about the love that God has for his people. Now, Hosea writes to addressing his letter is written to the northern ten tribes of Israel. He he refers to them as Ephraim. Ephraim was the northernmost of the tribes, I believe, the name of the, the key tribe up in the northern part of Israel. And he addressed them and their leaders. It was... And the dating is also very important, interesting at least, because it's the 40 years leading up to the destruction of Samaria, the capital of the northern ten tribes. The 40 years leading up to their destruction by the Assyrians Mm -hmm. in 722 B.C. So from 760 to about 720 is when it's thought that Mm -hmm. uh, Hosea exercised his ministry. And... uh, he used that illustration to uh, to show how they had rejected <clears throat> the covenant relationship with God. They had they had prostituted spiritually prostituted themselves, mm-hmm. uh, were chasing after other gods and so on. And uh, and that is a picture, an illustration of it. Uh, not and it, Hosea's experience is very interesting because in the first place God calls on him to go and marry Gomer. Now, we don't know what we we I, we don't know Gomer's heart. We don't know if 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 he was unequally yoked together in the sense that maybe that she was a totally unbeliever. It's not impossible that someone caught up in that lifestyle could right. be it's possible that they could be someone who really wants God and loves God but mm-hmm. situations desperation whatever sure. uh or well, stubbornness yeah. or just disobedience mm-hmm. uh, it's possible that sh- she might have been God a believer fearing, a god fearing mm-hmm. person remember Rahab you right, know and so right. on exactly. uh so he goes and, and he does marry her and then um they have children, yeah. and even then, during the marriage, she breaks the relationship with with Hosea and goes back into mm-hmm. oh, yeah. the lifestyle, the uh, the adulterous lifestyle, mm-hmm. and then he goes and he, and he buys her back, mm-hmm. uh, and and um, oh, mm-hmm. which is which is interesting. He he buys her freedom. And brings her, and, and of course, all of that is just, just beautiful, earthly kind of an example of the mm-hmm. persistent, loyal, pursuing love mm-hmm. that God has for mm-hmm. us. Uh, it, it really is from a, powerful. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, from a 
woman's perspective, too. I mean, there can kind of be nothing, well, I don't know, it's, it's just an especially shameful thing that that, I guess, would be wrapped up in. And, and there's so much, I think, identity that's wrapped up in that, too, in terms of being a woman or woman. And, mm-hmm. and it's kind of the ultimate, uh, in terms of reputation, it's kind of the ultimate when it comes to a woman's reputation. And just the idea that, uh, you know, he, he, he redeems, he heals the brokenness, he, mm. and that that breaks his heart more than, and, and it breaks his heart, and yet his response isn't to, to in turn shame or break the person more. His response is to bind up, to heal, to redeem, mm. to call out, to, and, um, and that, it just, I think it, if ever a person finds himself in sin or brokenness and, or addiction and their temptation is to run from God because they're afraid of him, read Hosea. Mm, yeah. <laughs> he, he, run, he, there's no safer place than at the foot of the cross. <laughs> and, and in his arms. There's nothing to be afraid of right. in, in God. His his love, his forgiveness, his right. his power at work on your behalf, his cleansing. Uh, so we don't know exactly Gomer's situation, uh, addiction, or mm-hmm. or desperation, There's or family yeah. relationships, or mm-hmm. or influence of others, peer pressure. I, I you know I cannot imagine what it was, but we do know that uh, that this scandalous love that Hosea was calling mm-hmm. and had for her mm-hmm. is a picture of that persistent, loyal, and um, transforming work. It's not only just getting her out of the lifestyle, but, but changing her, right. the, mm-hmm. the idea. And God does that for us, To Hosea's faithfulness uh, to Gomer is a picture of God's faithfulness to us. He loves us. Uh, he refuses to give up on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when we're stubborn and we continue to fail, he mm-hmm. takes the initiative to seek us out when we wander away from him. And, it, it, and his story shows the, the extraordinary effort that God takes to bring unfaithful covenant people back into his family. So we, um, it reminds me uh, thanks of, a great book. Yeah, of that, um, that powerful. poem, The Hound of Heaven, a little bit, The mm-hmm. Hound of Heaven poem, mm-hmm. uh, how you know, over and over we're, you know, God's pursuing us and we try to find that satisfaction and so many other things. And one by one, those things fail us and we're running from God. And then finally we're exhausted and in the end, we just can't run anymore. And, uh, and we stop and we are afraid of that hound of heaven that's going to consume us, but we're too tired and can't run anymore. And then we, uh, sure enough, the hound, Find you know, over overwhelms us, and we just flip on. Uh, and it's a very hopeful, positive book in that sense. The message yes. of God's love and His loyalty and His faithfulness and pursuing us and offering restoration and forgiveness and cleansing. But the sad story is that they it ended badly. Right, right. They don't. Re- they don't That's repent. Right, they right. don't. It does. T- he is there. He is. Co- but but for us to experience that, for Gomer to experience mm. Hosea's love for her, and that 
it does take her actually going to Hosea and and forgiveness and repentance and mm-hmm. and and living in that marriage and yeah. covenant. To the actually opportunity agree. was there, but it does take yeah. still the. Mm-hmm. But we this is the leading up to from. Um, from 760 B.C. to 722. Mm-hmm. So Hosea is pre- preaching right. for 40 years, warning the people of the north, the 10 northern tribes, you walked away from God, you rejected God. From the very beginning, under Jeroboam, their first king, when the kingdom divided, they've been walking away from God, they've been disobeying the covenant, they've been uh, not not uh, worshiping the Lord, uh, not offering the 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 sacrifices that God had commanded, not following God's commands about how to worship him and how to follow him. Mm-hmm. They just hadn't been doing it. And uh, he warns them and calls them, but they, the sad ending is that they don't uh, listen. They don't hear his message and, and take it to heart. And uh, Assyria, with their capital of Nineveh, uh, is the instrument that God uses to... Uh, to destroy Samaria, the capital city, and take them, exile the people of the northern tribes into exile, uh, and they never return. They're not restored to the land later on like the people of Judah were 70 years coming back from uh, Babylon. And so... um, it also is. It has to do with with the reality of God's judgment, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that all of these minor prophets and all of the prophets are very clear that God is calling us. Uh, that judgment is a real possibility if we continue to right. thumb our nose at God and reject His message and, and so on, and and don't, and rep- don't repent. Yeah. We need to. We need to take very seriously. This thing, because judgment is certain. There will be a time of judgment, and and there will be. I, I was thinking about this today. There will be people to whom Jesus uh, will say, "Depart from me. I never knew you." I mean, it, it could be a great number of religious people, religious Baptists, religious Catholic, religious groups, and um, so we need to take very seriously these words. Uh, now, everyone is going to be held responsible for their own decision about the Lord right. uh, and their own decision about receiving his his correction and receiving his gift of forgiveness and salvation. But there, it, it, it's not just automatically a happy ending. There, there, we do have a part to repent, to turn back to God, to trust in him mm-hmm. in his redemptive work through the Messiah, through Jesus the Messiah, uh, to because he's the basis. He's the only basis of forgiveness and cleansing mm-hmm. that God, according to the scriptures, has given to us. So uh, we've got to take that seriously. Well, there's our music. We've got to get gone here for just a moment. <laughs> we've covered uh, what we're going to cover of Hosea. We're going to go on to Joel, Amos, and Obadiah, and so on. We're going to try to move a, maybe a little quicker. <laughs> but, um, well, we set, the, we set the, a little bit at the pace there with Hosea. Don't go away. The Bible Live will be right back after the, just a couple of minutes, all right? We'll look for you there. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. The 
Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Late one night, when my eyes beheld a glorious sight, my fleshful desires begin to rise when suddenly... To my surprise, Christ did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. Satan lost in a flash. He did the mash. When Christ resurrected back, when my laboratory, where I wrap over beats, to my master bedroom, where my restless soul weeps, the spirits who tempt me in my humble abode. But when Christ came, they all stood in Christ did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. When Christ resurrected back, the demons were... He was the real monster <laughs> mash, right? He smashed the enemy and... Uh, yeah, he came back from the grave and, and destroyed death, hell, and the grave on our behalf. <laughs> John, I don't know where in the world you found that. I have never heard that version of that old uh, traditional Halloween song, but uh, talking about the real monster mash, uh, the masher, uh, Jesus the Messiah. Yeah. Well, we are we are can finish our our review of Hosea. Yeah. Uh, the word Hosea, by the way, we ask you the question. Mm-hmm. You can call in two ten three four zero ninety five eighty five. And we asked the question, what does the name, Hosea's name, mean? And I'm going to go ahead and say the meaning of the word is salvation. Salvation. Because it is not only he, but his book then is also a picture of the salvation, the redemption that God has offered to us. And I wanted to add just real quickly, I mean, you're you're so right, knowing, knowing God. And I think more than any other prophet, Hosea not only what he writes, but just the whole theme and what he is, it is an image of, I mean, mar- marriage. It's, you aren't more intimate than a, yeah, a yeah. marriage. It's all and about relationship. It is all about relationship and the emphasis of knowing God. And uh, Hosea 6.3 and Hosea 6.6, 6, I just want, Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. Mm. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of rains and early speak. Spring in the in mm-hmm. early spring, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. Wow. And it's just that emphasis. And uh, ultimately, uh, you know, in, in earlier is in terms of Israel, he's calling Israel to re- to repentance, not um, out of some legalistic kind of obedience, but out of a repentance because you love. And know God, your God, yeah. <laughs> and ultimately they are destroyed because they do not. They no. do not know Him. They don't seek Him out. They seek out help in all these other ways. They don't turn to God. They don't know His power. They don't know His ability to love. Uh, full, I, 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 for whatever they don't know Him, mm. and that's why they are destroyed. And um, I just what you said about that, and uh, you know. 
That is a That's scary very thing. rich. That and those passages are mm-hmm. very clear. And, that's, yeah. It, it, and um, yeah, uh, Hosea is very clear about it, emphasizing the relationship. Right. It, it, and as I said earlier, it kind of reminds me of uh, of ultimately when Jesus says to see, he's not God is not after just religious rit- rituals and so on. Right. Our rituals in our in our and our celebrations and our, our baptisms and our uh, washing of feet and uh, taking the mm-hmm. communion, the Lord's Supper, they're not, they're not in and of themselves. They're, they're to be a reflection of what you just said, right. of, of that love, of that devotion, of that relationship right. we have with God. And uh, it kind of keeps on reminding me of that in, in the book of the Revelation when we'll read uh, later when Jesus does say to some, some folk who... Mm-hmm. Who say we did this, we did that, we did this good work, and we did that good work, and we tried to obey the law, and we tried to, we, right. we really did. And he says, "Depart from me, I never right. knew, knew you." you. And, and that's and the ultimate. It's heartbreaking. That is the ultimate judgment. I mean, to not know God is is the ultimate. Whatever, hell. whatever hell, that's hell, whatever hell is, right. that. that is the essence, uh, the essence of it, of it. Right. to be separated from right. God entirely, from every expression of his love, his kindness, his goodness, his mercy. Right. Uh, and I shudder to is, think of is knowing that. Him. Yeah. Anyway, so well, very good, Stacy. Now move us on to Joel. That's right. we, we stay on Hosea all night if we could. <laughs> That's right. uh, Joel is, interestingly, he's one that we don't know exactly the date of his writing. And, and I find that in, I have at our <clears throat> at our website. I think I've uploaded the there's a a, a, a graphic there that you can go and see the years. You can see the kings that were reigning over Israel and over Judah, and you can see the prophets in their time in their period when they exercised their ministry. It's a very helpful uh, little. Um, visual there that you can put the prophets into their historic uh point but joel is one that there's not there's not a a total uh, agreement about when uh <clears throat> i think you you mentioned that the the general consensus mm-hmm. and i didn't really actually know this that there is a strong uh, a strong thought that it was post exilic mm-hmm. that joel actually wrote his uh his messages were recorded and written after the destruction of the temple in 586 it, and after the people had been returned to uh to Israel by Cyrus and and, and others there Artaxilic and um now he's not he's not located in the scriptures back with the post-exilic prophets and we'll see who they are next week when we finish up with the prophets uh but he's not listed with them. He's placed at this at this place in the scriptures. But that kind of makes sense to me because he talks about uh, his is the the famous book that that Peter quotes from in the book of Acts when he says that uh, there's a time when God is going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, mm-hmm. and and uh, the Lord's promise of the Spirit, and that's what we. We see in chapter three there, and, and uh, I think Peter picked up on it as well and said, "This is a fulfillment of the prophet of, of Joel." Uh, so it's a very interesting 
book in that sense, if if we consider it post-exilic, he the judgment he's referring to and warning them about uh, might even have been the the Roman mm-hmm. that God is going to God will still mm-hmm. judge the nation. He'll still take you out of the land if we are disobedient to Him. Uh, it could be uh, that he's referring even the the his prophecy, his prediction here may be about the the Roman. Would you think uh, the destruction of the temple? I've al- I always think of. All of the Old Testament dealing with the Babylonian destruction right. of the temple in the right. Jerusalem, but if he's post-exilic, maybe it was uh, mm-hmm. I, I, otherwise. I, I, right? Yeah, could be. I, I, I think I've seen, seen both that yeah. uh, some mm-hmm. you know post-exilic, some before. Now Peter yeah. is very clear though that this this uh, passage that we read about in uh, what is it chapter. Um, Chapter 2, I believe it is, uh, God's promise of restoration, a call to repentance. And then he said the Lord's promise of his spirit. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy your old men. That's that's what God did through Jesus, the Messiah. And that's what he did at Pentecost. Uh, Jesus, because of he finished and completed uh, the work of the Messiah, he did. He, he completed perfectly his role of the redeeming uh, the redemptive plan of God. He was the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world through his sacrifice and opened the door now for sinful, fallen human beings to be redeemed and to, because Jesus is the prototype of the new, the the the, the born again, right. those of us who have been redeemed and, and born again in, in Christ. He's the prototype and he walked and was walked faithfully consistently, constantly under the direction and the power of the Holy Spirit, now he opened up the doorway then for us as his followers that each of us now received the Holy Spirit at the time of our spiritual birth, at the time of our repentance, when we are born again and we begin our journey with the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes to us to escort us faithfully and unfailingly to glory. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's referred to here in Joel, as, and Peter picks up on it there in Acts chapter 2. I don't know what else you might talk about Joel. He is he the one that talks about the locust plague? I think uh, his book opens with this. And, and we don't really have a lot of, in our day and time, we don't read a whole lot about locust plagues. I don't guess uh, we we have COVID and we have all kinds of a lot of cicadas, of, yeah, a lot of <laughs> grub worms in our lawn and some things like yeah. that. But these these locusts. Mm. Remember in Egypt, uh, the right. plague of sure. locusts that were sent and the kind of destroyed the crops and and of the land and so on. So Joel opens up with a picture of these uh these locusts uh, as a sign of judgment on on uh, the people there. Uh and uh, he's writing principally to the southern well, mm-hmm. I guess if it's post-exilic, if it is the northern 10 tribes didn't like exist didn't even exist. at that time. Mm-hmm. But he's warning them and telling them about uh God's judgment, even them, even them at that time. You're not, yeah. no, we're not outside of God will continue to judge if we continue to be unfaithful to him. So, Joel, yeah, and Joel yeah. has a lot of, uh, a lot of verses in it that I th- always think, oh, I didn't know that was in Joel, <laughs> uh-huh. um, which I just think is a funny thing. Maybe by this time I would 
I would, oh yeah, it's in Joel. But that return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. Where is that? Joel chapter 2, verse 13. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a well-known verse that I have always thought is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's in Joel. Um, I I always hear you talking about, um, I've heard you mention the phrase. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. There's a lot of references to this genuine, Mm -hmm. real repentance and and contrition mm-hmm. before God and desiring him not just religious exercise that, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty uh it seems like Joel brings well all of all the prophets yeah. spoke to that quite a bit mm-hmm. go ahead honey you were saying oh, something well yeah, I uh, you've always you've mentioned that valley of decision that mm-hmm. phrase often and uh that's uh, that phrase is in Joel. Thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. There the day of the Lord will soon arrive. The sun and moon will grow dark and the stars will no longer shine. Anyway, I, I heard yep. that valley of decision. I thought, oh. Chapter 3, verse 14. That's not a soapyism. That's a, a Joelism. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make that up. Yeah. <laughs> Dad didn't make that up. Thousands upon thousands <laughs> are waiting in the valley of decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pray for them that they'll make that decision to trust the Lord, to begin that journey with mm-hmm. him. Uh, that will be an eternal relationship. Uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, and blessings for God's people. Uh, Joel is very definitely a very inspiring, uplifting uh, warning. Yes, always that sense of warning that God is, he's uh, hes the lion of the tribe of Judah, but he's not a tame lion. Mm, Isn't that what uh, Aslan Mm-hmm. They say about Aslan. He's at the beavers. Yeah, the beavers. He's not a tame lion. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he loves and accepts us just the way we are. We are, but he loves us too much to yeah. leave us that way. And uh, Joel, uh, Joel talks about the Spirit of God coming to transform us and change our lives. And, and Peter picks up on it in Acts chapter two. Well, let's move on to Amos. Amos is one of my favorite I like because him. he's he's not really a prophet yeah. by a career. Right. He's he's a farmer. He's a farmer. He raises fig trees and has his his uh, crops and his uh, his herds, and he's just a good old God loving farmer mm-hmm. who finally got his fill enough, and God called him, and he just felt the earth. I have to go and. Tell people and warn people and tell them call, about God. Yeah, have to go call them some fat, fat so, cows. <laughs> that's Amos, and uh, he's not mentioned anywhere else in the Old Testament. Uh, he's a shepherd, a grower of figs. We're told in chapter seven, he lived in Judah, but his message was sent from God to prophesy against the northern tribes, the ten northern tribes, and the date of his uh, exercising his ministry is. Around 760, about the same time that we mentioned about Hosea, Mm -hmm. that 40 years away from the destruction of Samaria and the the, the taking away of the 10 northern tribes into exile, uh, he is part of the warning of God. Remember, God never brings about judgment, but that he doesn't give beforehand clear warning, clear invitation to repent, to turn, Mm -hmm. and and to avoid that judgment. And and, Hosea... Amos is part of that warning to the Lord. He exercises ministry around 760. He he spends some time also preaching to the neighboring countries. He he preaches to Damascus was Damascus, the city of Damascus was the capital of 
the Arameans. They were once a great power. The, the, the people of Gaza uh, across uh, 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 there a little further south, I believe, on, on uh, closer to the coast of the Mediterranean. Then the people of Tyre and Sidon, those two uh, city-states, the powerful city-states on the Mediterranean coast as well. The people of Ammon, the people of Edom, remember the descendants around them, but their response to God and to the, mes- the message and the witness of God's people. Mm-hmm. And so he warns them as well uh, as he's talking to even Judah and and uh, uh, in the south, but he, he he's lives there. But he's directing his message primarily to the northern ten tribes before their destruction. So um, I don't know what else. What would you like to mention there in Judah? It's there's some really memorable passages there too in the book of, of uh, Amos. Right. Well, and I think the what the influence of of God's people and God's laws should have on the social structure. And so, you know, at mm-hmm. the time, a big part of the reason that the northern tribes split from, um, from Judah or that they split had to do with taxation and money. And here Amos is a farmer. I mean, he would have been very involved in kind of the day-to-day how much things the economy i guess mm-hmm. and and so exactly he, yeah mm-hmm, and uh, and so he would have seen a lot of the disparity i think between maybe what they're called to do and to be to one another in a just and in a good and in a, in a correctly in a functioning society and a functioning culture and and he would have seen where it was breaking down and what was not just and what was not good. And I mm. think he's able to write. Mm-hmm. It's kind of where the rubber meets the road when it comes mm-hmm. to acting out your faith and in, in, in terms of in, as far as yeah. money and economy. And um, I think he reminds he, me of that farmer. They're just they, right. common down <laughs> to earth. <laughs> they talk right. straight, exactly. you know, right. and a lot of his illustrations come from the agricultural yes. world. You know, right. he talks about crops. He talks about uh, uh, wagons that are loaded down with uh, sheaves of grain, and, and he talks about uh, animals' world. Um, right. uh, there's a, there's this famous passage that people quote a lot: "Can two people walk together without agreeing, without being in agreement? <laughs> right. Does a lion ever roar in a thicket without fi- first finding a victim? Does a young lion grow in its den without first catching its prey? Does a bird ever get caught in a trap that has no bait?" Does a trap spring shut when there's nothing to catch? He, he has all of these sort of a homey, you know, sort of a rural type illustrations right. that he shares. Yeah. And, and so and it, it is love, very graphic, yeah. very, very understandable to us, especially to us who grew up on the farm, I and guess. And he's very pun that calls the women of, you know, some of the women were acting uh you know, we're not, 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 not right. Mm. And he calls them fat cows <laughs> and, uh, just, and it, and it is, and he's very, and, uh, <laughs> what sorrow waits you if, you know, they were saying, some of the people would be saying, Oh, if only the day of the Lord were here and acting very pious and mm-hmm. very, as if they would be fine. And, and, 
that justice is for other people, not for... And Joel says, you have no idea what you're wishing for. That day will bring darkness, not light. And that day you will be like a man who runs from a lion only to meet a bear. <laughs> Escaping from the bear, he leans his hand against a wall in his house and he's bitten by a snake. Mm. <laughs> yes, the day of the Lord will be dark and hopeless without a ray of hope, of joy or hope. I hate all your show and pretense, the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. And so I think, you know, they had gotten into a place where they were associating wealth and prosperity with their wow. position with, with God. In other words, if I'm wealthy and if I'm kind of thing. And, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Amos Back to is, Job again. Uh, yes, uh, and he's calling them out on that. And uh, anyway, I, I just, yes, I Amos is, is great. He's yeah. He very, very now, rough, did you mention, did you say that he is the one that has the courage to refer to the um, <laughs> the arrogant, pride-filled women? Yes, it's chapter 4, verse 1. Mm-hmm. As, boy, I mean, what a lot of courage that takes. <laughs> Listen to me, you fat cows living in Samaria, you women who oppress the poor and crush the needy. And who are always calling to your husbands, bring us another drink. The Sovereign Lord has sworn this by His Holiness. The time will come when you will be led away with hooks in your noses. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, historically uh, accurate that the uh, Syrians led them away chained mm. uh, uh, with right. hooks through their noses. It, it's, um, mm. it's exactly what happened. <laughs> Well, he, he's got to be one of the more courageous of the prophets to, to call <laughs> these women fat cows, sure. Well, right, we, maybe we've it was a compliment. Amos, Actually, now, we come to, now we come to one who, who, at least as my understanding is, that Obadiah was one of the non-Jewish, non-Israelite uh, prophets, that he himself was not, um, not Jewish. He was he was part of Israel in the sense that he was a follower and a believer in the right. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right. Um, but he was not ethnically a Jewish, as, as I understand. Now, that, that I think that's kind of a Jewish tradition or understanding of who it was. We, uh, I, I can't say that without with absolute certainty. Okay. Uh, if someone maybe would like to call and help us with that, uh, I believe that that is true. Though that he is considered it's not a sure not exactly sure who it was there's a number of people named obadiah in the old testament and but none of them can be identified as this author very much is known about obadiah's background or call to prophetic ministry at least based on the scriptures alone i, I think jewish uh tradition and uh, understanding is that he if i remember correctly was somehow related even to um Hmm. Even to the child that the, 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 the even to Elijah's healing of that uh, the woman of Samaria the the uh-huh. Phoenician woman that he stayed in their home often and and, and so on uh, somehow or maybe that was Habakkuk. I'm oh, that's Habakkuk. That. I think that he is um, a, a, a well a Gentile a follower of God uh, trusting in God, but. Um, but anyway, that's a that's something we can learn about. Most scholars accept the middle of the ninth century in the 800 BC, so very early writing. Mm-hmm. And the shortest, BC. the shortest book in the, the short, uh, yeah. Old Testament. All right. 
That's it for us. And we'll come back and talk about, well, what does Obadiah, what is the theme? What is what is he bringing to our, what is his primary message that he has? And to whom is he uh, writing mainly? To whom is he preaching? Um, we're, he, he talks to the people of Edom and to the people of Jerusalem as well. So we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll look at what was the principal message that he has for us in the book of Obadiah. Don't go away. The Bible Live will be right back after these messages. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Our final segment here on the Bible Live program for this evening, and we've made our way through what? We've made our way through um, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah. Uh, well, now we're coming to Obadiah. Um, I ha- asked that question earlier that might have been able to, um, to. You've already told them that what the old, the shortest book in the Old Testament right. is. Yeah. So we can't ask that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay. Obadiah directed his messages to the nation of Edom, and you said. Uh, after the known by another name, right? Right. Let's see. Edomia, I believe. Uh, yeah, Edomia. so in post-exilic. So, yeah, New Testament times Edom resurfaced in southern Judah uh, under the Edomia. Greek name. And so uh, what I want someone to give us a call and say, what was the relationship that Edom had with Israel? What was the basis of the relationship, the long history uh, that that Edom had with the people of Israel. All right, so um, give us a call if you'd like to answer that question. We we have a prize for you. We're going to give away first. Um, let's give away the Bible. I like it. Okay, if yeah. someone would like, we're going to give that to you. If you can tell us what is the basis for the relationship between this nation, this nation of Edom, this people group of Edom, the Edomites, and the people of Israel. Uh, What is the history there that is the basis of the book of Obadiah? Uh, Obadiah directs a lot. Talk about it without answering that question, too, because um, because it is so interesting. I I really like Obadiah. Obadiah is one of those that um, 
Well, I don't know. Just when, it, uh, just when it comes to sports <laughs> or any kind of thing, I kind of athletic. You want to be a good sport, right? You hear that term, or mm-hmm. uh, or you don't want to kick a kick a horse, kick a dead horse when, it, or is that uh, something? Uh, yeah, horse? there is one <laughs> like that. Beat a dead horse. Yeah, beat a dead horse. So you wouldn't want to kick a person when they're down. I guess. Yeah, that, so, that that too. Well, Obadiah reminds me of kind of those types that like he comes in and he's and he. And he says, hey, hey, now. <laughs> I feel like no, he's a referee. It's kind of type. like you said about, it's a little bit like what you said about uh, on on the way we're to behave in, uh, <laughs> yes. culturally, socially, the way mm-hmm. we're to treat people and so on. Mm-hmm. And then in this case, and this kind of is a hint towards who, uh, the, the relationship. The answer to our question, yes, yeah. But relationally, how we're to, you know, Behave and how we're to to be for a person, uh, or you know, um, weep with those who weep, and you know, rejoice yes. with those who rejoice. Right. That sort of uh, idea, especially you know, when there's uh, well, yeah, especially mm-hmm. of course the people of God and those mm-hmm. that are in your mm-hmm. family of, of, of the church at large, the universal church. The we would the people of the God, people yeah. of God. You would never. Um, Rejoice right. in, in in another church being persecuted, and that's your, that's your people. That's that's yeah. you know your brothers and sisters in Christ. And anyway, Obadiah comes in, and he, you know, this for the people of God, and they're not. And Obadiah puts them in their and highlights it and and warns them as well that's of, right. of God's judgment right. on the basis of, of how they treat God's people. I will cut God's you down people. to size among the nations. You will be greatly despised. Mm-hmm. You have been deceived by your own pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's our question now. What is the relationship between Edom and Israel? And, you know, why is it pointed out specifically uh, that, that that it was not they were not supportive. They were not positive. I know you do. Uh, they carried. Where did the nation of Edom come from? Actually, was part of the question as well. And what is that history? So, give us a call if you'd like. We have a brand new, beautiful Bible for you that you could keep and use for yourself. Or if you have a Bible study Bible already used, maybe there's a college graduate or a high school graduate with a good uh, warfighter study Bible. Maybe you have a. Uh, um, Someone serving in the military, the Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, whatever, that, that they would love to receive uh, the Warfighter Study Bible for uh, Armed Service Ministries. Mm-hmm. So uh, give us a call, 210-340-9585, Edom, uh, that Obadiah points out and, and directs his messages to them, the people of Edom, and Israel. What is the basis of judgment? All right, give us a call, 210-340-9585, if you'd like to answer the question and be a part of the program tonight. And uh, we'd love to give to you this Warfighter Study Bible, um, a brand-new Bible for you to use, enjoy, or to share with someone else you care about. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. We're going to keep that question out there and keep reminding you about we're looking for information about Obadiah named Jonah. Now, he's probably one of the most well-known of oh, the yeah. prophets. When uh, you get uh, swallowed by a big fish and yeah, you get well known. <laughs> you do something pretty. So we have Jonah. And Jonah's book is very interesting in that, oh, oh, for a number of reasons, but one of the things is that its focus is not on Jonah's message. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. The the focus right. is on the prophet's story, right? What is, happened to him and what yeah. he did. That that is the great message, kind that of the book. Me, this is kind of a strange connection, but it reminds me of uh, remember in the magician's nephew when all she's of, talking about Narnia, right, that's right, Narnia sorry. again, the uh, Chronicles of Narnia and C.S. Lewis and, uh-huh. and the magician's nephew, which is not the first that was released in the public in the publication, but it is the first book in the in the chronological. In the chron- Ecological, yes. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a jackrabbit that um, laughs and 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 says something that makes them, or says something or doesn't say something. I can't quite remember. That makes everybody laugh, and the jackrabbit is excited and says, "Aslan, did I make the first joke?" And <laughs> and Owen oh, Aslan says, "It's okay to laugh. Laughter is good, you know." And then mm-hmm. the jackrabbit is excited. Did I make the first joke? And Aslan says. No, my friend, you were the first joke. <laughs> and, um, and, and then they all laughed I don't know. I don't know how that... <laughs> it how just that came is. to your mind. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Mind. Poor Jonah. In other words, Jonah probably would prefer the story to be about his message. Isn't or that about interesting? It. And yet the, that up, the warts and the right. failures yes. and the... The ugly experiences of even its greatest David, uh, Abraham. I mean, they they all had their in, in, and the Bible doesn't wash, you know, whitewash it, doesn't cover mm-hmm. it up, doesn't uh, explain it away and excuse mm-hmm. it. Uh, it is so interesting to me, and that's that's good what you're talking about, Jonas. <laughs> Yeah, no, you don't like to be remembered I'm, for your greatest right, failure right, in your right. life, but, but you know, but he's he's. I mean, and I think, you know, the jackrabbit. But, but uh, just to uh, fill in, uh, J- Jonah, I, oh, most everybody knows the story. He, yeah. He's called on God to go to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh mm-hmm. is the capital city of the Assyrian nations who were at this point during his life. Uh, when that was, we can look up on, uh, on our notes that when he exercised his ministry, but Assyria in the north. Mm-hmm. Um, and J- Jonah uh, understood and knew and feared that they were going to be used of God, that, that Assyria was going to attack. Uh, and so he, he, he did not wish them well. Right. Uh, he, Understandably, he, I mean, uh, yeah, he was you know. he was afraid of them. He was thinking that they were going to hurt God's people, and he exercised and it, his ministry around seven fifty five. And in many ways, you know, he was, you know, a, a lot of them were wanting to. A lot of the people at the time were wanting. To, maybe they were, yeah. and and over and over, no, they don't yeah. look. Anyway, uh, so have, have, yeah, have a treaty with them or mm-hmm, economic somehow, or military mm-hmm, treaty of right. some kind. Um, so, no. Right, mm-hmm. so maybe Jonah... Go and mm-hmm. preach to them. Uh, um, well, in English, we call it a seven-word sermon. Like I said, the, the book of Jonah is different in that it doesn't focus on his message, on his prophet, on his sermons, mm-hmm. like other prophets do. Right. But it focuses on his story. Mm-hmm. and his Because his sermon was seven words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If he's going to do it, he's going to do it as efficient days. as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this. It's a, the mi- minimum effort was put forth. <laughs> you get escape, um, got on a ship and tried to go to the other end of the Mediterranean. Uh, he was on the ship, and the, the ship hit a storm, and all of these pagan, unbelieving um, sailors on the ship uh, found him sleeping, and... And he knew it was because of him that they were having the storm, so he told them, 
And so they, in the first place, they repented. They sweet. repented. Yeah, and, right. But just in case, yeah, we're going to throw you yeah. overboard. And so they threw him out, and uh, he was swallowed by a great fish, as mm-hmm. you say. It wasn't particularly necessarily a whale. Uh, we don't know exactly, but it was a great fish. Um, and stayed there for three days. And we're, we're, Jesus actually uses the example of mm-hmm. Jonah being in the great fish three days and then being resurrection. Right. So uh, he mentions Jonah. Mm-hmm. Just as Jonah was in the belly of the of the fish, I will mm-hmm. be in the grave three days and mm-hmm. be resurrected. So you have Jonah do, and then he finally he he ends up on the which is his seven word sermon. In forty days, Nineveh will be destroyed. And I don't know why. I it, it's it's astounding to me mm-hmm. that. This pagan, unbelieving nation repents. Mm-hmm. They repent. They they in sackcloth and ashes. Mm-hmm. They they ask God to forgiveness. And, and it's just a, an one of the great. Like I said, there are eight great revivals mentioned in the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old mm-hmm. Testament, mm-hmm. and this is one of those. And it even gives the number of the number that were. Mm-hmm. Uh, thousands that repented and came to faith, and even children, you know, don't know the left hand from the right hand, and so on. So this incredible miracle of redemption. Uh, but Jonah was still not happy about. It. He did not want these people to be uh, forgiven, mm-hmm. for God to withhold judgment on them. Now, why they repented? Wow. How did God bring about and move that entire people a great revival there in this great city to repent? And um, mm-hmm. for one thing, he probably looked like he'd been in the belly of a, of a great <laughs> fish for three days. He may- How you smell? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was part of his, uh, the power of his message. I don't know, his influence or something. I don't know. But mm-hmm. in 40 days... Nineveh will be destroyed, did the trick. I and do they think repented. it is. I mean, there's a lot, I guess, that message. And it's just a good reminder that God goes before you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're you given only a small, you're given one little piece of the puzzle. And you're to do that part well. And you're to do that part faithfully. faithfully mm-hmm. and, it, and then the Lord has... He's moving and working and thousands of other lives will. And we can rest in that. We yeah. Can, that actually just, and we can move and act right. on the basis of that right. because, wow, he's, he's exactly. behind us. We're, we're involved in doing what God is doing. Right. He's doing all the heavy lifting. Right. He's the changing the mm-hmm. hearts and drawing mm-hmm. people. To do what he's called. That reminds me a little bit of a psalm from our reading with Psalm 131. And it says, uh, what are those... Um, yeah, what are those matters? David talks about how he has peace because he does not want to control or doesn't look at the things that are way beyond. How can I understand? How can I even begin to understand all of these, mm-hmm. the things? Uh, we lose our peace when pride leads us to worry about matters that are too great or too awesome for me. That David finds just peace and contentment because he cares and uh, about the things that are set before him. It's a very humble approach. That's and a here, beautiful psalm. It yeah. is. And I knew that was one of the short, uh, what they call the uh, Psalms of Ascension, or mm-hmm. one of the short psalms that people sang this on, as they went up to Jerusalem for mm-hmm. Passover. For, uh, I don't 
concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. I love that. Remember how we've often been admonished to uh, know clearly the difference between God's part and our part. We do our step of faith, Mm -hmm. simple and obedient and faithful to that, Mm -hmm. and then God does the transformation. He does the miracle, the miraculous part. He says, I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. I let leave that to you. No longer cries for its mother's milk. You understand that a little <laughs> bit, don't you, baby? Okay. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and always. Mm-hmm. And that's the short little psalm. Isn't that sweet? Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, and it's so appropriate for now. I mean, we have so many technology at our hands. We are made to think that we have so much control and we can do so much. It it speaks to me uh-huh. <laughs> uh, to just be humble in your ability. No, you're not. You're not God. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can do what's set before you. What He has. In that, there's such peace. Um, hmm. Once again, that reminds me of, of that movie Rudy. Oh, where the where the, uh, the he goes to the priest he goes to the, yes. the pastor there and says he tells him his problem, and the priest says, "Well, there's only two things I know for sure: there is a God, and I'm not Him." <laughs> so, uh, and keeping that clear, yes. God's part, our part. Mm-hmm. That's probably, I guess, uh, let Jonah wanted to take the role of God and decide who to judge and who, right. you know, right. and he was called upon to deliver a certain message and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did, after a little, just a tiny bit of coercion. <laughs> His message was indeed uh, true, though. He said, uh, Nineveh will be destroyed. He announced judgment, but they repented and they avoided that. But a hundred years later, mm-hmm. uh, right. after his warning, they were destroyed by Babylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the the you know the prophecy was for them and and a hundred years so I mean that generation was gone uh-huh. uh huh yeah so as yeah. far as who Nineveh was it was a different Nineveh than the Nineveh that Jonah yeah. preached to well it's important that, let's mention here we need to emphasize the fact that uh, it, uh, someone asked me this morning in fact you know what. Uh, he said, I, "I just started reading Leviticus, and mm. and, uh, <laughs> and, and and you know, he was a believer. He's a mature Christian yes. young man, and he he said, boy, it's really tough going.' <laughs> he said, to be uh, uplifting and you know, and so on. And I, you know, I, I'm not some Bible answer man, and I've got the solution to everything. But I said, and I told him that. But I said, you know, one of the things that's helpful to me though is." In, in many of the Old Testament books is remember the Old Testament just as much as the New Testament looking for Jesus, mm-hmm. looking for what it says about the Messiah who is to come and his God's redemptive plan that is for not only just for Israel in that moment but for the whole. And appreciate the fact that the entire Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it's all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it does help a bit. And he said, you know, that, and he said, you know, I think that, I think that'll work. That'll help. And of course, when we talk about Jonah, we talk about these prophets. We have to remember that all of it is pointing toward that ultimate expression of God's love and power. Like Hosea, it's all pointing toward the Messiah. 
was descendant of Esau, who was uh, at, at, at odds with Jacob. Yeah. And so Edom was notoriously And they laughed always, at Israel when, when they were destroyed yes. by the Babylonians. Yes. Bad. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. 88. That's box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Quiz Show. Show. More information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations every year to America and the world. 